Welcome to the HexDevs podcast. A podcast for smart developers and founders who are building awesome things and making a living beyond the 9 to 5. This episode is sponsored by VanHack. VanHack helps tech talent get a job abroad. VanHack also helps companies hire amazing tech talent from all over the world. Join VanHack today by clicking on the link provided in the description notes. Jenny Chan, welcome to the HexLabs podcast. We are really happy to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here too. <laughs> awesome. So can you talk a little about yourself, about your background? Hi, I'm Jenny and I'm a full stack developer. And actually I went to university for an English degree, but I took a class in web design and that's when I really started learning how to code and I kept going with it through my marketing positions uh, just doing HTMLs and CSS and eventually I decided to go to Lighthouse Labs uh, this was about three years ago in 2016 and transitioned my career to be a developer I also run a community for female developers called Women in Web Dev. And it's an online community because there is like no other online community for us. Mm -hmm. Nice, yeah, that's actually how I met Jenny. I don't remember how I ended up finding the newsletter, mm -hmm. but it's one of the most curated newsletter. So you, you do a really great job with that. I don't participate in the Facebook group because I don't use Facebook mm -hmm. anymore. <laughs> but I can say that your newsletter is pretty good. And but then when did you decide that okay, this is the time for me to create this community? H how long were you thinking about that before you? Yeah, so the story of how I started is that um I been part of really supportive female driven like Facebook groups before I created the community. So actually um, I've been part of this group called Digital Nomad Girls uh, because I wanted to work like in the like location independent even before I became a developer and I knew that the way for me to achieve that was to fill my newsfeed up with people who are doing what I wanted to do. Um, because that's how I uh, achieved my dream of working abroad. So I'm like, I need to, if I want to do this, I need to replicate this, um, you know, this ingredient. So, so yeah, so I've been part of that community for a long time. I went to one of the retreats and after I was like, wait, where is this for female developers, right? Like there must be one for us because we're online, like developers are online all the time. There's so many communities for us. And I was searching, and guess what? There were like really no communities that were active because um, to build a really successful community, like someone needs to be actively managing it, curating it, and cultivating it. But I think the most of the ones that I found were kind of just like, someone put a group up and just hoped something would happen with it. Mm -hmm. So, 
in the end, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to start one <laughs> and just see what happens. And I asked my friend, Jenny Lux, who founded Digital Nomad Girls for advice. And I just followed her words of wisdom. And here we are um, two years later with like, like 2,500 members in the group. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Did you start the community before doing the boot camp or after? Yeah, this was after the boot camp. I've already been a developer for, I think, a little over a year at that point. So I started it in 2017, and I was a developer in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And so about your experience of doing a boot camp, how, how was it for you? And... Do you have any advice for, pe- for people that are thinking about doing a bootcamp? Yeah, so I went, I decided to go to the bootcamp because I was actually looking for marketing jobs in Vancouver, except everyone wants you to know everything but not really pay you a lot for it. So I'm like, if I'm going to be in, in a career that expects me to be up to date, like I want to be in one that who rewards me for it. And I've already been coding at that point for like four years, you know, even if it's just HTML and CSS. Um, And I knew that I really enjoyed it. So when I kind of was looking for a job and then someone gave me a really low ball offer or that I felt was a low ball offer, I was like, I am so done with this. I'm going to go to a boot camp and just like do that. And um. You know, I see a lot of people having doubts about going to a boot camp now. And I was like, why didn't I have those doubts? I'm just like, I'm just gonna do it and become a developer. It was very clear in my mind. Like there was no doubt at all. And I think it's because um, like in Lighthouse Labs, they do publish the fact that most students get jobs within three months. And it's like something like 93%. And I'm like, well, I've always been a top student, right? Like, so I'm going to be one of those 93% of people. So, so I think when people have doubts, they gotta be thinking like, okay, is your bootcamp reputation good? Do they have a track record? Like, are you like, can you even foresee yourself being those bottom 10% when you have never been the bottom 10% of anything, right? But for this one scenario, they think that somehow they're going to fail. So I think really taking a step back and like, I'm a very logical person. So I'm like taking a step back and looking at the math and being like, am I being realistic? Like, does this make sense? Or am I being like letting my fear take over and like creating this like terrible drama (laughs) in my head? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You feel like you... You have, you put yourself to win when you start thinking about things, right? So I, I think that it helps when you want to achieve things because mm-hmm. you know where you want to be, right? Yeah, yeah, so I guess when I see, like I do understand why people have these fears because some boot camps are really expensive. They have to quit their job. Like I had no job when I did this, so it's also made it easier because I wasn't like I wasn't giving up anything, right? Like I, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna start from scratch. Yeah. 
it's good to see that you were super confident about it but if if the person that wants to do a boot camp is not very confident what would you tell her like what, what's your advice for someone that is not very confident right. is a little i don't know should i should i change my careers right now i'm not sure will well, it be too hard for me <laughs> yeah that's a great question i think the only way is for the person to ask themselves like would i regret it if i don't do this like if 20 years from now looking back would i regret it if i never took the chance and done this and i think like it's easy for us to kind of have the short-term fear and letting that hold us back but if you take the long-term view it's like what would i regret more on my deathbed so after the boot camp how was the process of finding a job after the the boot camp for you and what have you been working on yeah so lighthouse labs kind of um match you up with potential employers which is like a really great service that they provide you know both to the employers and to the students and i actually got the first job i uh, interviewed for mm-hmm. um one cool. of the key things was that the job required someone who understood chinese <laughs> so the competition was a little bit i guess like you know the candidate pool was smaller for sure but I thought I did terrible because it was my first interview and I'm like, I'm for sure not getting that job. Did you have to interview in Chinese? No, <laughs> no, I God. didn't have to interview in Chinese. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if I'll pass <laughs> to do that. But since some of the products were in Chinese, then it's helpful for you to kind of know the characters and at least know, you know, if you're putting stuff in the right category, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so... I actually got the first job I interviewed um, first out of boot camp, which is really amazing. Um, and then there I was working on like a Ruby on Rails and Angular stack. And then that I only stayed at that job for a few months because my next job, um, I wasn't actually looking for a job, but <laughs> I went to the open house of a company that I was interested in even before I became a developer. And I was like, oh, I'll just go see what they're about. Maybe I don't like them, then I don't have to follow them anymore. But they off they had like speed interviews at the open house and I just kind of went along with the process. And then at the end, they offered me a job, which was better <laughs> than the one that I had. So so yeah so that's how i got my second job as a developer <laughs> yeah well, that's pretty cool uh how long did it take you like between the two jobs and like how long after leaving the boot camp that yeah, you got so your first and second job so i basically like graduated from boot camp and i think it was a week later oh. that i got my first job and then i stayed at my first job for two months and then I started my second job as a developer Mm, nice but now you have been working remotely right yes so so I left my second job because actually the job was not a good fit for me Um, the company was great I loved everyone there Um, it's just that uh, the job involved like a lot of 
client work, which meant that I had to jump in between a bunch of different projects every day. And my mind apparently did not like this. My brain didn't like it. I was really stressed out, but I was like, I don't know why I'm so stressed out and like kind of unhappy. And I think it was because I knew that if I were like allowed to focus on um, fewer projects that I would be a lot more productive. So actually it was like for kind of the sake of my mental health, I'm like, I need to just quit this job. I had no job lined up. I was like, I will take the summer off. I already knew people who were freelancing, maybe not as developers, but I knew people in real life who were doing it. So I was like, I'll take the summer off. I'll try and figure something out, try this freelancing thing out. And if it doesn't work out, I can always find another job. At that point, I've already had a year's worth of experience. So I, and I've been to recruiting events where, you know, managers are like, we would die to see a female applicant, like a qualified female applicant walk through our door. I'm like, great. I'll have to pick up any company I want. <laughs> I just have to go and talk to them. Maybe they hire me, maybe they don't, but at least I know that most companies would be interested in talking to me. Um, and the funny thing about starting my first freelancing job was I was not actually really looking for a freelancing job, but I'm part of a lot of Facebook groups. So one day scrolling through Facebook and someone posted that they wanted a developer who knew WordPress and PHP. So I was like, yeah, that sounds like me. I've done, you know, stuff that's described in this post. So I just shot her a message and kind of went through her test and her process. And then she selected me. And there I basically was a subcontractor for her agency. And I was earning like double what I earned before. So so yeah, that's how I got started with um, freelancing. It's, it was basically like, I guess, keeping my options open and just mm -hmm. like when I, when I went for these opportunities, I didn't even know that they'll turn out into anything. Like I went to the open house. I'm like, this might just be something like two years down the road. Like I didn't know I'll get a job from it. So I think, you know, for the listeners, like you have to kind of put yourself out there, just be open to the opportunities, you know? Like I kind of really had no attachment to how these things would pan out. And I think that helps because if you're desperate and you have that like energy, like people can sense it and they're not attracted to that, right? But because I was like, you know, I didn't give a crap <laughs> of like the outcome then I was like you know I still cared about doing a good job and like being my best and you know I worked really hard on the my tests and everything but at the end of the day if I didn't get it I wouldn't be devastated mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's a really good advice put yourself out there and this is something that I I didn't do that much in the beginning of my career I've been doing more recently and I definitely feel that you get to meet more people more interesting people right and you never know what can come out of this right 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like I, you know, sometimes, like I do this too sometimes, right? When you're like, oh, I'm not going to do it because I don't think they'll like me. But the thing is, like, you have no idea if this person will like you or not. So, like, you're rejecting yourself by not speaking up. And this is, like, you know, this is very bad. You will never get what you want by rejecting yourself first. So it's kind of like, yeah, they might reject me. But if I don't do it, like, it's going to be a no forever. Whereas if you reach out or if you just say, hey, like, I think I qualify you know, then at least you have a chance of maybe someone picking you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, that is really true. And is that something that come up a lot in the Facebook group or not? Well, there's a lot of imposter syndrome mm -hmm. um, uh, in, well, I, I'll say the female population, but yeah, <laughs> I do see like imposter syndrome is a one of the biggest challenges mm -hmm. for the group um so yeah i'm sure that you know women are doing this a lot to themselves where they won't even put themselves out there um because i think rejection feels a lot like people are saying something about us as a person whereas like that's probably not true at all it's like if you don't get hired it's it might be because of the business needs right they can only hire one person but there's like five really good people so it's not really about you as a person mm -hmm. um sometimes it's about timing or um like if your skills are not up to par it doesn't mean that they didn't like you it's like they like you but you just need to improve a little bit it's like you know it's fixable yeah yeah, yeah. and and the more you do the more you put yourself out there, the more you practice your social skills or more your interview skills and hopefully you get some really good feedback, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like if you don't put yourself out there, then you never know what you need to improve either, right? You're just making stuff up in your head. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So how, have, how has it been your digital nomad life? <laughs> not very nomadic <laughs> okay so i like i have traveled like a fair bit like compared to most of the population i have traveled a fair bit but compared to my digital nomad friends i'm like a homebody <laughs> so i have spent like a few months in thailand vis and then like visiting my family in hong kong when i first started out um and then i yeah, and then after that, I was, like, here for, like, six months. And then I went to Toronto, checked out the big city of Canada <laughs> um, last summer. So summer 2018, I was there for the summer. Uh, spent a month in Colombia in October last year. And then this year, let's see, 2019. Where did I go in 2019? I was mostly in Vancouver. Um, I spent a month in Europe in June, but that was about it. Mm. Yeah, and I do find that when I travel, uh, it's, you know, it's distracting, it's exciting, mm -hmm. but it's distracting and tiring. 
And for me, especially if I'm like growing my business and my community, I've decided actually for the next year that I'm going to stay in Vancouver. Just because I don't want to waste my brain power on figuring out where to go and work, like what Starbucks to go to. I just want to like save that mental energy to actually grow the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. And talking about your business, so you, how is your your progress so far? Have you been generating some income from there? And how, how do you generate the income? Yeah, so like, you know, Women in Web Dev has started as a Facebook group. And like, I never really thought about making money from it or anything. But I did realize as time went on that like, I'm putting my time into it. So to actually have it sustained Mm-hmm. and like surviving and growing it needs resources whether it means it's me my time or someone else's time um you know it needs something and and i was like okay well you know i'm doing it now i still like it but maybe someday i won't want to continue or maybe life happens and i won't be able to continue so i just kind of started thinking about the future of it um So now how I'm getting revenue is I started a paid membership um, in May. Took me like six months to actually do this thing. (laughs) (laughs) I was supposed to do it in January and then I did it at the end of May. (laughs) So so yeah, for a low monthly fee, um, people can join a kind of a smaller, more intimate community where I'm there doing like office hours and like different events every week. Uh, Because what I noticed is with a lot of say, uh, networking events or like online groups is that the connections are very shallow. So you never really get to know anyone and like form deep connections, right? So if there was a sustained smaller group where people can get together Um, during regular events, this is where you actually get to make friends and just, you know, not feel so lonely as a female developer. Uh, Because like I tell my group, I'm like, I don't know where to find female developers sometimes in real life. It's like finding a unicorn sometimes. That's what it feels like to me. Um, So actually that's why, you know, I started the Facebook group. Um, And I'm also, uh, starting to accept sponsors uh, since I do have an engaged community and and then along with the newsletter um, and another way is uh, I've put like a job board on the website so we'll see what happens um, <laughs> no one has posted a job yet but I also have not been promoting it mm-hmm. so um, so yeah, so in November, I'm actually gonna dedicate full time mm-hmm. to the business because I'm like, okay, for this to grow, I actually need to have time to build the relationships and mm-hmm. reach out to people and do all that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So do you see in the future that, or is, is it something that you want, let's say to be able to Leave full time from your community, or how do you see the future for the community? 
Yeah, well, definitely the goal is to be able to generate, you know, mm-hmm. at least the equivalent of a developer salary mm-hmm. um, from uh, the business. Uh, because otherwise, like, you know, I should just be a developer <laughs> and make my money. Um, but like at the same time, like I do want to um, give value to the community and like, you know, grow the impact there. The thing is like nothing else like it exists out there. Like, you know, I started my Facebook group two years ago because nothing existed out there. And then two years later, I'm looking around, I'm like, I'm, I'm still the only one in this space. <laughs> like, what is happening? So, so like, I want to take advantage of it and kind of um, maybe do something different. There's a lot of courses on technical knowledge. Um, but as, you know, I figured out, it's not really the technology that's holding women back um, in their careers. It's a lot about mindset. Like I come from a marketing background, I have the technical knowledge, and now being an entrepreneur means that I have to work a lot on these mindset issues myself. So if I can take all of these kind of learnings to the business, like that would could really help female developers in the career. So now all I gotta do is figure out how to do all of this <laughs> and bring it to life. Yeah, that is a really good point. I, I think that it is a, a really a problem, something that I, I'm really familiar with, <laughs> unfortunately. So, yeah. Yeah, like a lot of, like, I mean, what I see in the industry is that a lot of people want, I guess, the companies to change, and they're trying to bring about change that way, which I agree needs to happen. But for me, I'm always like, I don't know how to get other people to change. <laughs> like, I only know how to change myself, and I see that like it would be helpful for women to get that those skills where they can be more resilient, um, like showing up more confidently uh, in their day to day lives. So I think that's where I want to focus on. It's like, how do I help women, like just being better equipped to deal with the sexism and like the negative things that they might t- see day to day in their careers and if they don't like their job like how can I support them and encourage them to find a different company mm-hmm. right because I think yes change is coming but change can also be very slow in coming too and like what are you going to do in the meantime like have just all these women <laughs> leave mm-hmm the industry because they don't know how to deal with it, right? Mm -hmm. What are the things that people in your community struggle with? Like, what are the main problems they face? Yeah, so the the biggest challenge for, like, female developers is imposter syndrome. Um, They're like, they don't know if they can do it. Um, They don't know if anyone will hire them. They don't know when they'll be good enough. Um, all these kind of things and yeah and I guess just the nature of being in a male dominated industry a lot of women are intimidated by that Um, I guess what I have to say is like like their experience as female developers isn't as different as they might imagine as just being a woman in general Mm -hmm. uh, because 
most women do feel imposter syndrome. Um, and yes, there's like some crappy things that happen in the industry and I'm not trying to minimize that. But I do know that like these issues happen across the broad. Just It's just ingrained in society. So I think a lot of women, they're like, oh, if I come into tech, become a developer, I'm going to experience all these things. But I'm like, I'm sorry, but you're going to experience these things in other industry. Maybe the percentage is not as high. Um, but as you move up in your career, like we've all heard of the high power female executives who face like all these issues um, in any industry. So I think it comes with the territory of A, being a woman and B, moving up in your career. So I think if women are kind of afraid of facing these issues, it's kind of like you have to learn to face them at some point in your career if you want to kind of move up and do that. Um, so it's like you can't really escape it. Unfortunately, it's, it's just part of you know culture right now. And it's like, are you going to face it doing something that you love and not letting these external circumstances chase you away? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to try and find something greener, greener pastures only to be like, oh, like this was not better, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just kind of a different shade of like the same problem. Yeah, and it's also, I think it's important to be, to become an example for other women. Yeah. So if you can, if you're talented, you're smart, you, you know how to code, you like building stuff, it's important to try to like fight with these problems and become better and then like get a better job, make more money. And so yeah. you can be an example for others, right? Yeah. And like there are, you know, companies out there who treat women right. So, you know, you don't have to leave the industry entirely. Maybe you just find another job or, you know, you become a freelancer. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of like, um, you know, female entrepreneurs who are not technical and they only wish that they had a technical woman on their side who can like, you know, not necessarily to build them an app, but just, but just like help them, you know, with the business website and like integrating with different services, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So there's lots of opportunities out there too, um, to use your technical skills in like other ways. Mm -hmm. Do you have any testimonials for from anyone in the group that said like, oh, um, this group helped me so much, like I got a job or I'm, I'm, I'm going to more interviews or something? Um, yeah, so actually I, I won a scholarship like to go to a conference, uh, the O'Reilly um, Software Architecture Conference mm -hmm. in February. And someone, another scholarship recipient was there because of the newsletter, because she applied for the same one. So I met her there, which was really nice. And yeah, people have told me that like they've applied for jobs through from the job postings or opportunities that I've shared in a group or in the newsletter. I guess the biggest testimonial 
would be the fact that like there's the 21 day coding challenge with Lighthouse Labs and the past two times I formed um, a like a team for it. Mm -hmm. And so the first time I didn't really know what I was doing. So I was like, after I had a hundred people sign up, I'm like, I'm not gonna promote this anymore. <laughs> just so that I know it's manageable. So I actually have 40 women who completed the challenge. Mm -hmm. And some of them had never coded in JavaScript before. And the second time I had like 112 women who completed the challenge. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, those would be the, you know, <laughs> biggest proof of like that having a community um, behind you works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Congrats. Those are really good examples. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very exciting. So what are the technologies that you you have been working on mostly do you have any technology that you like most what about your technical um, background yeah so at lighthouse labs i learned ruby on rails um and i've dabbled kind of in angular in my short two-month internship didn't really know what i was doing but you know got the gist <laughs> of it and at my first job, it was actually doing API integrations. So taking data from one endpoint and saving it into um, our databases. So, you know, it can be displayed in the apps that we build. And so that's what I got really good at is databases and like working with APIs. Um, I've done some like custom WordPress sites, uh, like complex ones where you know I made custom uh, plugins and database tables for them and that kind of stuff. Um, and then currently in my current contract work, I do a lot of PHP and because uh, it's for, it's like a social media management tool. So I do a lot of integrations with um, the social media APIs. Um, the code base is older, so um, we kind of just implement, we're just implementing s things like Symfony and Doctrine, um, writing acceptance tests and like all that kind of stuff. So like, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm too up to date on the latest and greatest React like frameworks and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm like no JavaScript <laughs> type of gal. Um, but yeah, I'm very good at like vanilla PHP mm -hmm. um, and diving through complex convoluted code bases. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good, nice. <laughs> and yeah, like I didn't know how much I would love testing, but this mm -hmm. is, I'm always like, can I write a test for this? Can I write a test for that? <laughs> so like, this is what I'm known for in my company. Mm -hmm. It's like, I love writing them. Right. Yeah. So when you were just starting out your career, you started doing the freelance thing and working remotely. Do you think it's harder for people that are starting their career to get a remote job or is it the same? How do you feel about that? Hmm. That's a really great question. So yeah, like when companies post remote positions, like 
they do want to hire someone who already knows what they're doing. This is one of the perks of um, you know hiring remotely is that you can your pool is bigger. Um, that's for sure. And yeah, like I've read before that remote companies hire for impact, not potential. Um, that being said, I do know, like, like I have a friend who actually helps women to get remote jobs, even if they, you know, even if they might not have the right um, experience or um, they, like they come up from a different background, but they have transferable skills. So it's definitely possible to find a remote job um, when you're more junior in your career. I think what's important is that like you have to be confident and you have to know how to look for remote jobs. And it's not the same as looking for an in-office job. So for remote jobs, um, it's like it's, very highly recommended that you send in a video cover letter because companies do want to kind of get a sense of your personality and um, like before they like interview you and it actually makes your application stand out. Um, you have to emphasize on, you know, your communication skills and like how you are kind of self-motivated because you can't, you know, sit in your pajamas, eat ice cream and watch Netflix <laughs> and code. Like that's not, you know, that's not how it works. <laughs> so yeah, I think you, like the more that you can show, you know, you your own initiative, whether it's um, building a side project um, or maybe you have like some side gigs, like anything that shows that you can work asynchronously, um, on a project, you don't need to, you know, show up to the office in order to get your work done. That's going to be really helpful. Do you solve, um, jumping a little bit the conversation, <laughs> but especially working remotely, how do you solve a big, a big problem? Like you, you have a task to do and then you're like, oh, I have no idea how to do that one. How do you go from there to you know, start building a plane or something. Okay, yeah, so at my contract, like, so it's actually um, a, like a company. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just that everyone works rem remotely. So there is a CTO who oversees all the technical aspects. So when I don't know what to do, then I can ask him for advice and like I do that quite frequently because uh, we're trying to implement best practices, but sometimes we can't due to limitations or a code base. So a, a lot of times I need to consult him on, okay, do I do it the old way or the new way? Like I know the best practice way, but I know also maybe we can't do it. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of like, I think that's actually one of the most challenging parts of my job right now. It's like negotiating that aspect is like, how how modern can I make it? <laughs> Good. And do you think from your experience with helping other women in web development, in web development, do you think that 
women ask less questions or yeah do you think that women ask less for help or they feel more oh you know I don't want to ask because I don't want to I don't want anyone to know that I don't know that what do you think yeah so I think yeah that <laughs> that is a huge problem um yeah so I'm asking those questions because I I feel them oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I totally get it so yeah that's I think that's one reason why I one of the reasons why I started the group is because then women can feel safe asking these questions um whether it's about their career or like a technical, more technical questions. It's like if they ask in a public forum, they might feel really stupid, but they can come to the group and know that's a private safe space and ask these questions and know that there's no judgment there. It's just like everyone's just supportive and, um, you know, trying to give help you out. Um, you don't have to deal with like, oh, you don't know that type of <laughs> like responses. Yeah. So, I mean, I I do see women totally, yeah, being scared of asking, you know, some questions for sure. Yeah. How do we change that? Um, can you solve the problem of internet trolls? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think it's just sometimes, you know, the nature of speaking publicly online too um so that's why i think like private communities are getting more and more popular you know there's like a bunch of slack groups um facebook is really doubling down of, on groups and that kind of stuff yeah when you post a job in your uh, mailing list do you kind of pre-select the job or the company so Maybe it's a better company for your community or like this is better for remote workers. Like how do you select those jobs that you share? Yeah, for the opportunities that I share. Um, well, yeah, there's like a lot of just opportunities geared towards minorities or women in tech. Um, it's just like people don't know about them, right? So that's why I kind of gathered it in a newsletter. Um, in terms of jobs, um, like I do check out the company's um, like page and just see, you know, what they're like. Um, if it's something very overtly like, you know, we need a ninja or something, then you know, I won't, <laughs> I won't post that. Um, but there's not too much of a selection criteria, I would say. Um, like, obviously, I know a lot of the prominent, like, remote companies who are um, very, like, who, who are doing great in terms of their workplace culture, like Automatic and um, Shopify and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I do tend to pick opportunities for, like, more junior um, jobs because there are more junior uh, women in mm -hmm. my group, like apprenticeship programs, um, 
and yeah, more remote jobs because I have a global community. So those are usually the ones that I pick. But if it's like an internship that's, you know, on site, I'm not going to not post it because, you know, if companies are making an effort towards like growing uh, the next generation of developers, I also want to promote them. How do you, how do you see yourself in the future working with web development? Yeah, so well, next month I'm going to be changing gears a little bit uh, and doing entrepreneurship. <laughs> um, so, but like, yeah, I can't see myself going back to an office in the near future just because I love working remotely. Um, that being said, I, you know, now I'm very aware of kind of the downsides of you know, the, both the pros and cons of um, working in an office for, versus working remotely. So working remotely, um, the thing is that you don't make as many like in-person deep connections. And uh, if you're more junior, you know, when you're in an office, you get to learn more just by being in an environment where other people are talking about their problems, their challenges with their code. Um, so I do recommend people who are starting out, like you should pay your dues in an office just because it's going to help you accelerate in your career. Um, so that would be my take on it. Yeah, but for me, um, I don't know when I'll go back to an office. I do have a very long list of requirements that would bring me back to an office. But I'm like, I don't think anyone will like match them. So we'll see like if the right opportunity comes along. So yeah, my key thing is if I can find a manager who would 10X my career, that that's when I'll go back to an office. Mm -hmm. So we'll see when that person comes along. Um, right now, I do want to grow my business. So it's not going to be in the next year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we'll just see like where life takes me. It's not like I don't want I would never go back. I think it's also depends on the stage of your life too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you have any tips for people that are either working remotely or thinking about working remotely in terms of productivity? Um, how do you separate your, like for example, your business from your work or and then your personal life from your work? Yeah, so yeah, since I've been working remotely for almost two years, like I think I think I've only established like my real like routine. Like I finally I think I figured out a routine that works for me and it's taken me quite a while. But it's okay. Like it's all about learning how you work best. And this this is what like working remotely has given me is this awareness of how I work best. Um, so definitely establishing a routine is key. Um, so like I work out like in the mornings um, and then have my breakfast. I usually do my email checking and like Facebook group management first thing in the morning just because I need to like do a little bit of tidying up like decluttering and then I can focus on my work. I usually work between like 10 to 12, take an hour for lunch and then um, one to five. And then after that, like sometimes I do attempt to work, but 
But I think I have to admit defeat at this point that um, after dinner, my brain just doesn't want to do anything. <laughs> so I actually have a very regular schedule like compared to someone who works a nine to five, um, just because I find that this schedule does work for me. Mm-hmm. And in terms of separating my business and my contract work, um, I actually work on my business on Mondays now because I was procrastinating on my business with my contract work because uh, I'm always like oh but this pays the bills and like <laughs> I can work more hours and work, earn more money and I realized at some point that it was a way to procrastinate because sometimes the business is scary so now I have a rule that I can't earn any money until I worked on the business mm-hmm. and it actually <laughs> works a lot better it's like these little things that you notice it's like incredible like Mm -hmm. (laughs) what what like your brain will do to help you like stay safe yeah (laughs) yeah that makes a lot of sense and it's a good advice because i noticed that we procrastinate a little bit too because it's easier to do work on your job because you kind of know what you need to do. Yeah. But when you have your business, you kind of have to figure out new things, different yeah. things, right? Yeah, I think when you do new things and then you're like, oh, but I don't know how to do it. So you go to the thing that you know how to do. Yeah. And you're like, well, you're never going to figure it out then. What are all the things that you see for the future of the women in dev for the next, I don't know, five? Three, maybe too too far away. Three, I don't know. Two years, five years, ten years, or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I definitely don't have a ten year vision, and I, I I mean, for the good of the business, I should come up with something, even if it's a very vague idea. So, you know, it's like when people want to go to the moon, they they kind of have an idea of where they're aiming for, which is you know to 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 space. <laughs> um, I don't have that roadmap right now. But in the next year, I definitely want to grow the membership um, to like several hundred people. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, so, yeah, where I want to take the business, I think just doing my membership better, um, putting together more resources because. Like right now on my blog, I have, like I'm sharing stories, but I do know that, you know, there's the very commonly asked questions that people have and I don't have, like I don't have that content (laughs) for them. So I want to um, build out, you know, more of that. Um, And while I do think that like, it would be really fun to have a live event someday, Mm. so so that would be something really fun to do. Um, yeah, I think yeah, most of my efforts right now is is going to um, focus on the membership, and I think just growing the audience too, because I'm not very good at like reaching out to more people, um, like growing my Facebook page and like Twitter account, and like I don't have an Instagram, so I think just trying to grow my reach is my next thing because now I have things that work like I have the newsletter that like really works Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a Facebook group and like you know people are really engaged on there and now it's just like bringing this to more people so more people are aware of like the awesomeness that's happening so how are you growing 
your community and especially how you're, are you growing your newsletter because we really want to learn more about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I've never really, really promoted the Facebook group. It's just, it's really all through organic searches. Like people mm -hmm. would s search for a group and then it appears. Um, in terms of the newsletter, like I think the my newsletter, it's just was born of the idea of that. Like I was sharing a lot of um, opportunities, but I knew that Facebook don't show mm. like the opportunities to everyone because of the algorithm. So I'm like, people are missing out. <laughs> so that's why I put it together. So, you know, if people are interested, then they wouldn't miss out if they open the newsletter. And I think just providing a lot of value in the newsletter like like I look back to my first issue and it's like every bit as good as the latest issue mm -hmm. so even though the first time I did it there were 40 people on the list and now there's like over a thousand um, so I think like that's also a way to do it mm -hmm. um, and regular communication mm -hmm. like some people say you have to email weekly but I think for me, I'm like, there's no way I can do this weekly. Like, I'm too busy for that. <laughs> like, so even though I'm doing it bi-weekly, like, by, like consistently mm -hmm. um, over the past year, like, this is how it's grown. It's, you know, the consistency and the value. Like, even if you just do it once a month, like, the first of every month, just have a rhythm where people mm -hmm. expect to hear from you. Mm -hmm. I, I guess with the podcast, you guys are communicating regularly with your audience so you could just um i know i don't know send an email on the podcast when a podcast comes out mm -hmm. and tell yeah. people that way yeah we've been yeah. doing that but we are not we are not also really good promoter promoters of the podcast <laughs> but yeah we, we're slowly getting there but we right now we wanted to get more audience to like, yeah, to send more the updates from the podcast and everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just about, I guess, showing up consistently mm -hmm. like on, you know, whatever platform you want to grow. Mm -hmm. That's totally, yeah, the only way to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've been trying to be more active on Twitter, right? And mm -hmm. LinkedIn helps a lot. Oh yeah, yeah nice. it's mm -hmm. been good, but yeah, we have to be more social. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, being social and being more connected, <laughs> for sure. But one thing that was helpful to us was, because uh, we, we're members of the Indie Hackers group in, in Vancouver. I don't mm -hmm. know if you're familiar. I haven't heard of them, no. So Indie Hackers is a, is a website and a community for people that are building their own business so mm. bootstrapped business or like solo founders stuff like that and they are really helpful like mm -hmm. and we have meetups every month mm and they they've been helping us so much so you should nice. check that out it's pretty mm -hmm. cool yeah. nice I guess I'm yeah. To you yeah yeah no that'll be great mm -hmm. yeah so getting back to the job posts this is something that I was talking with Stephanie before like sometimes I look at a job position 
and it looks really cool. Like I, s I see the position, say, okay, this is cool. I would like to work there. But then it's hard to know if the company is great or if the position is really what they're what they're saying. You know, so it's really hard to know if the company is a nice company just by looking at their website. So do you have any ideas? <laughs> like, is it really hard to tell just by looking at their website? in my opinion so yeah no i totally hear you um like like i recently like this year just hired you know a virtual assistant to help me and what i realized is that when you're writing a job posting you really have no idea of the person that you want to hire unless there's already someone like that on the team so you're kind of like making something up like you have a nebulous idea of this person and it's not until they show up that you know you're like oh yeah you, you're the one that i want kind of a thing so so yeah sometimes it is hard and, and it's you know sometimes it's not that the company's trying to mislead you it's like they don't even know until they see some candidates and they can like be like okay like clarify their vision a little bit and i think companies are I think we're all just really bad at talking at our, about ourselves and that includes companies. <laughs> so I think the only way it would be to do your research and talk to people who are actually working at the company and kind of getting their take on it before you accept, you know, their offer um, because you aren't going to know. And, and I guess another thing is just like, trust your intuition because I think you know we get so caught up on like what people say but what do they actually do right like and I think throughout the interview process you can pick up on a lot of these things um, but maybe sometimes you know you don't take them into account or you kind of like um, diminish your doubts and be like no but it's a good job they're paying me a lot you know, the office looks cool. <laughs> and then you like ignore like the little like warning flags and then you're there for three months and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's what my brain was trying to tell me <laughs> when, you know, I had that like nagging feeling about this, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, we, we gotta use all of our senses when we <laughs> try to assess a job or a company because you're right, like it's really hard just looking at the job posts and their website. Mm -hmm. And also, some people feel discouraged just by looking at the job position. They you read and say, oh, but I don't know React. Or I don't know, like, I don't have 10 years of React experience. Some, <laughs> some crazy <laughs> thing like that. So, like, yeah. but then, like you said, like, maybe you're not, like, the perfect fit for that description. But if you talk to someone from the company, Maybe it makes sense, you know, maybe it's a good match, even though the description might be asking yeah, for a lot, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I guess funny when job postings ask for more experience <laughs> in the framework than it has, like, existed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say for sure, like, if, you know, if you match, they say if you match, like, 60% of the job description, you should apply anyways, um, which, you know, is totally true. Uh, you don't need to match 100% because chances are you won't match that perfectly. And if you are applying to these positions, it means that you're not aiming high enough. 
because、um, you want to be moving up when you move jobs. You don't want to be like you know staying stuck, right?、Um, and yeah, like I said, sometimes it's like they have no idea who they want,、mm-hmm. <laughs> or sometimes it's hard to articulate. So you gotta just kind of show up and be like, I think you know, like I kind of match up with what you want. Do I fit? Maybe I don't. Maybe I do.、Um, and let them decide, because. Yeah, the job descriptions are sometimes not the best indicator or representation of what the company is looking for, or what they want, or maybe they've changed their mind after <laughs> they write the job description. You never know. Yeah, you need to be like, yeah, I'm so cool. You you should hire me, even though I don't match like a hundred percent of the description. Yeah, you know, I hired my virtual assistant because she. She she like told me how she works, and I was like, oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to learn from you. <laughs> so so yeah, she she like gave me the, the rules that I need to follow when I work with her. I'm like, okay, if you thought about it, it means you know what you're doing. <laughs> so that's how I ended up working with her. Yeah, and you know, I never thought I would work say on a monthly retainer basis. I just thought I would um. She would work five hours a week for me, and then it turns out that agreeing ahead of time of the tasks that she would do is genius because I I don't know if I'll be ever be organized <laughs> enough to tell people what they need to do every week and come up with like these tasks. So when we've decided ahead of time. What she's responsible for, then it kind of like makes things easier on both of us. Like we don't have to think about it; we just do it.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, say I want to sign up for the Women Web Dev Community. Where? How, what should I do? Where should I go? Yeah. So you can find out more about women and web dev at the website. It's、uh, womeninwebdev.com. W O M E N I N W E B D E V dot com, and there you will see、um, like where you can join a Facebook group. There's a blog. There's、um, the job board, and there's also a button for anyone who wants to sponsor and get、uh, their company or message to. An engaged、uh, community of female developers.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really <laughs> cool. And do you also coach them, help them, mentor them, so they can get a job? How how, how does that work? Yeah. So in the Facebook group,、um, it's mostly about、um, like women, like helping each other out in the free group. Um, right now, I'm focused on building the membership, so I'm not in there like as much or as active. But I do approve the posts, and I so I still see like what the questions and challenges are.、Um, I do provide some free resources for、um, the wider community. So, for example, the last couple of months we had、uh, free webinars that、uh, was actually for the membership, but I live streamed to the group. And it was available for like a few days, so for the whole community to enjoy.、Um, so the membership, the paid membership, is where、um, people can 
kind of get more personalized than like one-on-one -on -one help. So we have like weekly office hours. Um, we have a private Slack group. So uh, you can kind of tap into my brain um, and like get help on your uh, technical questions. And we also have obviously a great group of um, other female developers who can jump in and help answer questions. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That was a really interesting conversation. I learned a lot from there, from this, and I hope our listeners did as well. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for the <laughs> invitation. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. It was really good to have you here and we learned some new tips. So it was really cool. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. If you want to support us, you can go to our website at hexdevs.com and you can subscribe to our mailing list and get updates. Or if you want to sponsor us, we are looking for sponsors. You can send us a message at team at hexdevs.com. <laughs>